Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Stuart McCullough, I'm the CEO of VHAA. And joining me for this week's discussion is Workplace Relations Advisor, uh, Shalini Jadeva. Welcome, Shalini. Thanks, Stuart. So I understand that the roles are somewhat reversed today. You will be re revealing the clues and I have to guess. That's right. Um, so I think you can see on screen, uh, we've got two pictures. We've got an all-brand cereal box and then we've got a clip from uh, the movie Grease. Um, any ideas what the podcast might be about today? It's very challenging. So I'm familiar with both of those, I have to say. Um, so in terms of Auburn and um, and a film from, uh, a picture from the film Grease, and I think it is the scene uh, where they're singing about greased lightning. Uh, so I'm going to have to say it's probably something to do with uh, morning shift and travel. Oh, not quite right. <laughs> that is disappointing. Um, so it is about, uh, so yes, the all brand cereal. Um, I've been told it is uh, to do with regular fiber. Regular, okay. <laughs> regular. Thank you. And the song um, that we can see here in the clip, uh, that's the song was Systematic. Um, so it's regular and systematic employment. So you're referring to the song Grease Lightning, which begins with uh, reference to systematic, hydromatic, uh, and, and being Grease Lightning. I see. Correct. All right. Well, I stand corrected uh, as such. So we're talking about regular and systematic. Uh, so those are terms that sometimes appear in the context of, uh, in particular, casual employees. And in some circumstances, that term will be relevant as to whether a casual employee has a particular right or entitlement. And, would, and we'll be discussing a couple of cases where the Fair Work Commission has considered uh, the meaning of this expression, regular and systematic. Yeah, we will. So we're going to consider a couple of decisions. The first of which is uh, James Arvin and Bunnings Group trading as Bunnings Warehouse. Really hard to say Bunnings Warehouse without singing it uh, like the advert. Uh, and Amy Green and Florida Hotel Proprietary Limited. Uh, the uh, case references are up there on screen. So the term appears in the Fair Work Act and our enterprise agreements. Let's start with the Act. In what context does the term regular and systematic come up with respect to casual employees under the Act? So in several contexts is the short answer, but the longer answer is uh, we're going to go to Section 66B first, uh, and that concerns casual conversion. So it relies, uh, that section relies on the term uh, regular casual employee. And you'll see there in the note, it's uh, stated to include someone uh, employed on a regular and systematic basis. Are there any other uh, references? Uh, of course, there are, there's another reference there in Section 12. Section 12 outlines the definitions uh, for the Act, and there is a definition for regular casual employee. And you'll see there, uh, there is a somewhat circular definition to say that a regular casual employee uh, includes uh, cover someone who has been employed by the employer on a regular and systematic basis. Are there any relevant entitlements to keep in mind for regular casual employees? Yeah, I'll take it to section 67.2. And again, we'll bring that up on screen so people can see the context. It's uh, relevant to parental leave and related entitlements. So uh, parental leave, uh, some casual employees can have an entitlement, but whether or not there is an entitlement, uh, turns on uh, considerations, including whether somebody isn't being engaged as a casual on a regular and systematic basis. 
But we've got one expression used in a range of differing contexts. Mm. Does the Fair Work Act define the expression regular and systematic in the context of casuals? Of course not. Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, the Fair Work Act doesn't define employment on a regular and systematic basis as such. There's something of a segue here. Section 384 is relevant to two cases uh, that we're going to be discussing today. Tell us more about the context of Section 384. So it's part of the uh, unfair dismissal uh, provisions of the Fair Work Act. How so? So an employee is protected from unfair dismissal in certain defined circumstances. And those circumstances are set out at Section 382 of the Fair Work Act. Let's get those up on screen. Uh, put simply, you've got to have completed a minimum employment period, be covered by a modern award or enterprise agreement, and not exceed the high income threshold. So our focus today is on the minimum employment period. Now that's a term that is defined at section 383. It is. It's defined as follows, and we'll bring that up on screen. Uh, the, minimum, the minimum employment period is the employer is not a small business six months, uh, ending from the earlier of, of certain times, uh, and uh, that it is one year ending um, uh, for a small business employer, but you know, six months is the minimum period of employment. So this raises an interesting question in terms of context of casual employees. How do you calculate a minimum employment period of a casual? You're exactly right. So the, the challenge with regards to casual employment is that it begins and ends within uh, with each engagement. And that's what it means to be a casual. So where does that take us? So it takes us to Section 384, uh, which says that the period of employment reflects the period of continuous service. Again, continuous service is not much use to a casual. Well, that's true. But uh, Section 384.2 then goes on to set out the approach um, with respect to casuals. So it talks about a, a casual um, the service doesn't count towards the employee's period of employment unless certain conditions are met. And those are that the casual employee was a regular casual employee, and we know from before that that has a reference within the definition at Section 12 to regular and systematic. And during the period of service as a casual employee, the employee had a reasonable expectation of continuing employment by the employer on a regular and systematic basis. What's interesting about that is it begins with saying that it doesn't count unless certain conditions are met. And that there are two conditions, uh, both of which need to be satisfied in this context, um, that the, you know, the casual was a regular casual, and that the casual employee had a, a reasonable expectation of continuing employment by the employer on a regular and systematic basis. Let's start with the term regular casual employee. Does the Fair Work Act define it? So we were talking about that before we referred to um, Section 12, and um, we'll get that up on screen again, uh, just in terms of regular casual employee, uh, an employee who's been employed by the employer on a regular and systematic basis. So the definition of regular casual employee in turn uh, references regular and systematic um, uh, employment. Well, that's annoying. So the other phrase that stuck out from Section 384 was reasonable expectation of continuing employment. Is that defined? It's not defined uh, as such, but there are some cases on it. And one example uh, of the case is uh, Mr. Corey Ponce and, and DJT Staff Management Services. Uh, and it outlined a test where if an employee had a reasonable expectation of continuing employment 
uh, on a regular and systematic basis at least six months prior to the dismissal, that could be viewed as a reasonable expectation of continuing employment. I feel that's a pretty comprehensive background. Let's get to the main game. Tell me about James Arbin versus Bunnings Group case in terms of the meaning and expression of regular and systematic for a casual employee. So the first thing to, to bear in mind is it's in the context of an unfair dismissal application. Important to give it some context. And Mr Arvin was a casual employee who worked for Bunnings as a trolley collector. And how long did he work at Bunnings? So he commenced employment in April 2021 and worked uh, until February 2023. And after that period of time, he wasn't rostered for any further shifts at Bunnings. So he worked across a period of just under two years. Within that time, though, how often did he work? So if we use the sort of six-month period prior to, to the end of the employment, uh, he was working at least one shift a week uh, on alternate weekends. So Mr. Robin was a, a student, so he was available at some times and not others, and he communicated his availability uh, to his manager. So I take it that whether Mr. Arbin had a standing to bring an application alleging unfair dismissal was challenged? Really, that's the heart of the case. The employer filed a jurisdictional objection. What did the Commission find? The Commission found a few things. Firstly, that the employee's engagement during his specified availability created a pattern which reflected the business needs. There was a clearly defined process and system in which Mr. Arbin was offered work. He was classified as a casual employee. He proactively took steps to communicate his availability and Bunnings posted rosters at least a fortnight in advance. The rosters point is interesting. Sometimes a casual is offered engagement at short notice to backfill an absence, but Mr. Arbin appeared on the roster. Yeah, it's, it's interesting in the context of you know, that traditional idea that the casual is really to supplement absences, but um, uh, he did appear on the roster even though he worked minimal hours and prioritised his tertiary commitments, um, that issue around the number of hours he worked was irrelevant to determining whether the employee had a reasonable expectation of continuing employment. I'm mindful we haven't uh, talked about the terms of Mr Arbin's contract with Bunnings. Yeah, uh, so the contract expressly stated that the employee should not expect ongoing work and guaranteed hours. We know that one of the more recent features has been the degree to which the contract between parties has been given primacy. What approach did the Commission take? And you're referring me to the High Court um, and some recent decisions there. So the terms of the contract were found to be relevant, uh, but so too was the practical way in which the contract operated. And the practical manner in which the contract operated was relevant to the question of whether he reasonably expected his employment to continue. Which is the approach we were used to? We started our discussion determined to explore the terms of regular and systematic. What does the decision say about those words, that expression? Although the hours work um, were, were varied and it was argued unpredictable, uh, his honour found that it, this didn't mean that the work wasn't regular. So more how often work is performed rather than being performed at the same time? Yeah, critically, it was noted that it's sufficient for their employment to have been regular in the sense of being frequent, notwithstanding that it's unpredictable. So frequency rather than predictability goes to the meaning of regular. What about systematic? So Hizama also found that the employment was uh, systematic so far as a pattern of engagement occurring as a consequence of business reliance on the services of the employee. That 
the rostering was not foreseeable to the employee was not a barrier. Yeah, so clearly the test of regular and systematic, it's not an overly narrow one. Let's take a look at another case, Amy Green versus Florette Hotel. So this one is a full bench decision. I think it just goes to the point that, you know, this case that we've been talking about is, is not a one-off. What are the details? So the employee commenced as a casual employee uh, on 24 February 2019, became a, a permanent full-time employee on uh, 20 January uh, 2020, and the dismissal uh, took effect on the 16th of April 2020. So a mix in terms of mode of employment. And um, the how to treat that casual employment is relevant to whether or not the person had standing from a minimum period of employment uh, point of view. So Full Beach uh, determined that identifying a continuous pattern of involvement, the number of days worked each week, the days of the week, the length of each shift was not essential for a casual's employment to be regular and systematic. What are the requirements? So the Full Bench reviewed the following requirements. Uh, the employee was consistently rostered for work, which was outlined on a timesheet, and the employee was allocated 36 hours per week. The employee performed her work in a systematic nature by adhering to the rostered shifts outlined by the employer. Uh, interesting to see that connection between system and rosters. The employee had a reasonable expectation of continuing employment as per her roster system, and she was also involved in the drafting of upcoming rosters, which allowed her to choose the shift preferences early. What did that all mean? So it meant that the period of casual employment was regular and systematic, and therefore formed part of the minimum period in her permanent role, which qualified the employee to file for an unfair dismissal claim. What are the key points employers should take away from this podcast? I think that a regular casual employee is influenced uh, by a range of factors, um, such as the evidence of a roster, frequency of employee shifts and engagement of work with the employee accepted shifts during their availability period. But it's important to note uh, the test on whether an employee is regular and systematic doesn't depend on the number of hours work or whether it's worked in a pattern. So once again, the term regular and systematic appears in our agreements. Can you give us some examples? Yeah, and again, there's some variability uh, about the context in which it appears. So we put up the, some sections. We're going to use the nurses agreement as an example, but it's across a number of agreements. Uh, so we'll, you, we'll start with clause 16 of the nurses agreement concerning flexible working arrangements. Uh, you'll see that it's relevant in the very casual uh, there and in the context of whether a casual uh, qualifies to request or is entitled to request a flexible working arrangement. It's used in clause 45.4 in a non-casual context for fixed rosters. And it's important to note that in context, there's a requirement not only for the regular and systematic pattern of work, but the term is defined to have a meaning that includes a demonstrable pattern. So we've got that up on screen. Uh, and in that case, what's interesting there is that but the term is defined uh, and there's more to it than just uh, those decisions that we've been to. So I rely on, on that definition at 45.4. Uh, it also appears, uh, again, using the nurses agreement as, a, as an example uh, in the parental leave clauses, such as at uh, 68.2 of the nurses agreement, and that's now up on screen. And again, it goes to whether or not uh, a particular employee has an entitlement uh, under that uh, parental leave uh, provision. And again, people will recall from earlier in the podcast that um, similar principles apply in the context of the Fair Work Act and the NES entitlement to parental leave. So really just 
um, just keeping pace with the national employment standards there. Thank you for taking us through the regular and systematic employment. Thank you, Charlene.